Hello there. You're about to listen to an episode of Food and L Talk, Legacy Food and L Talks. You know, in 2023, Food and L Talks rebranded and relaunched as change makers. But all the episode we've recorded up to this point is still available for you to listen. And you're just about to listen to one of them. Enjoy it. And don't forget, Food and L Talks is now Change Maker Podcast. Thank you. Welcome to a new episode of the Food and Health Talks podcast, a show focused on educating and empowering people to create a healthier future through nutrition and wellness education. A show where you will find interviews with leading scientists making groundbreaking discoveries, innovators, and global food industry leaders. It is that show you do not want to miss with your host, Dr. Julia Oleanju. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Food and Health Talks. My special guest today is Dr. Jasmine Ravid. She's the CEO of Kinocotech, a company that analyzes fermentation as a process to develop healthy and sustainable protein products. Jasmine, it's absolutely a pleasure to have you on this show today. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Great. So, um, you know, when I was reading uh, about your company and I'm reading about your objectives, it was quite interesting to see um, what you're trying to create here. Uh, and I also noticed your background in plant sciences and nutritional sciences. And I just wanted to know what led you in this direction and um, Special, specifically what led you to uh, the company in your building now? Um, so actually I met my uh, co-founders, which are called uh, Daria and Adar, uh, when I was still doing my PhD in plant sciences in the Hebrew University. And um, the idea of our startup came from my co-founder, uh, Daria, Dr. Daria Feldman, she did a research in microbiology, working for uh, 11 years on fungi growth and development. Mm -hmm. And she kind of came to me and Adar, and she said that she has this idea to try to take fungi mycelium, which is the root-like structure of the fungi, and, and trying to harness all of the great advantages of this organism to answer the pressing um, problems that we have right now in our food system. And um, we were really excited when she was telling us about this um, because all of our background really combined together to open up the company. She was bringing her background in microbiology and understanding fungi growth and development. And I was bringing my background in plant sciences and in human nutrition to see how we can make this food extra healthy and it's just this super food. And Adar is coming from a food biotechnology background. So just implementing the food technology inside. So we kind of all combined forces trying to uh, find the solution uh, to the problem in our food system, basically um, that we can no longer continue to uh, rely on animal-based food because they are so high in demands on the environment. Um, and it just seemed like the straightest thing for us to do um, to open a company that 
both answer people's demand to eat healthier and our need for a healthier food system. So it's just like everything aligned. That's great. And it's interesting to see how you all bring your expertise together. So let's talk a little bit about what you're trying, what you're trying to do here. So you talked about mycelium and you're talking about making something out of that. So walk me through what exactly you're trying to do. So basically what we are trying to do is, as I said, we can no longer continue to rely on animal-based products for our diet because it's so high on the demand on the environment that all of the prediction are showing that if we will continue to consume animal-based product the way we do these days, we will need two and a half planets by 2015 just to feed human population. Yeah. So we must reduce the amount of animal-based product that we are eating. And the problem when you are trying to take away the animal-based product is that you are left with a lot of carbohydrates and fats, but not a lot of protein because plants are not very high in protein. So what we were trying to see is how we can find a really good, sustainable, healthy protein source for people to be able to replace the animal-based protein. Mm-hmm. And the fungi kingdom is what came out. That's great. That's really great. So. Um... The problem in the food system in terms of sustainability is very apparent to everyone. So definitely there is a need for alternative um, sources of protein uh, so that we can support our populations in years to come. And I really admire what you're doing. Um, I'm also very curious to learn more. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening today, they're curious to learn more. So we know that you are innovating um, in the alternate um, protein space. You are Uh, leveraging fermentation as a process to create a new type of um, protein that is richer and um, that that also meets people's um, needs for protein. So one of the key things that I want to understand is how you start the process. I understand that you use mycelium from fungi and um, but what is the process? What happens during the process? Now, you mentioned superfood. Uh, of course, people use these words in different ways, but I like to understand how you are adding ingredients to this process to enrich uh, the f- final products and uh, just learn a bit more. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so what we wanted to do we wanted to find a natural and biological way both to improve the nutritional values of plant-based uh, ingredients and to create this delis- delicious taste and texture that people crave uh, when they want to eat the food uh, and that often cannot be found in plant-based food. Because you know when we looked at the category of the plant-based food on the supermarket and um, my co-founders are both vegans so it's really something that pains them is that you mostly see these ultra processed products because when you try to reach desirable taste and texture what you do is you take the original really healthy plant-based ingredient and you're disintegrating them into isolated protein and isolated fat and isolated starch then putting it back together in this ultra processed way which is creating a product that lost most of the nutritional value and also become very expensive because you did a lot of processing to it. So we wanted to find a way, which is the fermentation, that uh, the fungi will do the heavy lifting for us, that the fungi during the fermentation process, we are starting with this 
whole legumes and grains. We can take just whole lentils or chickpea or pea. We can work with any kind of legume basically. And then we ferment it together with the fungi. And the fungi for its own growth, it eats away most of the simple carbohydrate, the starch. So it significantly reduces the carbohydrate. And by doing so, it also significantly elevates the protein level. So we are ending up with a product that has a lot of protein, very low in the carbohydrate. It creates a lot of dietary fibers from them very unique dietary fibers called beta-glucans, which are uh, insoluble dietary fibers. And they've been shown in research to really help moderate um, blood levels of glucose and lipid, and also um, help um, to feel um, really full healthy so you can eat like a small portion of this food and it saturates you for a, a long period of time. And also the protein is changed. The, the fungi is taking the protein of the plant, which is uh, most of the time not a complete protein because it's lacking several of the essential amino acids and it's changed the amino acid composition. So it creates this really high quality a protein, um, the same quality as animal-based protein, which is um, also the bioavailability is going up because the fungi is just uh, eating away most of the anti-nutrients that are coming with the legumes that are um, um, making it more difficult for us to absorb the protein from the plants. Mm. So just creating this product, which is, it already started as a healthy product, but it ends up as a superfood in the nutritional level. And also during that process, it creates a really unique texture because the mycelium is growing kind of like a muscle tissue in a fibrous way. So it's creating a unique texture that has a great bite and it creates this rich or mummy flavor, which is really delicious to eat. So we are getting the sensorical aspect of the taste and the texture. And by doing so, not only that we are not losing the health benefits of the original plant ingredients, but we are elevating them into superfood level. Hmm. This is really interesting. Very, very interesting. You know, one of the reasons why I say that is like, I really can relate to a lot of things you're explaining, you know, talking about how um, you ferment, how true fermentation, you reduce the amount of um, carbohydrates in the product, you elevate the protein. That is really very valuable because a lot of people are thinking, what is really going into all these new products that, uh, we're finding on the shelves and learning that you're using natural processes to enhance the finished product that you bring to the you're bringing a plan to bring to the marketplace is very very important so now i want to ask you a bit more questions so you talked about um you bringing your own background in plant sciences uh, to the table. So I'm guessing that uh, you know a lot about the health benefits in different um, plants and and do you have any plans at one point or the other, or maybe you're currently doing that, uh, any plans to enhance the final product that, that you, uh, you, you're producing with some of these plants that are rich, very rich in um, beneficial com bioactive compounds at any point? Yeah, definitely. So... As I said, our fermentation platform works with any kind of legume and grain. So we can definitely choose this um, 
really high with nutritional value uh, legumes and plant ingredients that we want to start with. And anything you will uh, put into the fermentation platform, you will end up with a better nutritional value. So if I will start with um, 20% of protein content, I will end up with 40 and so forth. Like the, it's always an elevation. So when, even now I know that there are a lot of seed companies that are working on improving the nutritional value of the seeds of the chickpea and the lentils and the soybean. And, you know, if you will bring me and improve the grain, then I will improve the improvement. Either way, there's always be an improvement during the fermentation process. And also I will add more that we can also work uh, with the different fungi strains. And the different fungi strains also have really unique uh, metabolites. So that can also add to the unique uh, nutritional value of the end product. That's, that's really interesting. And do you have, um, do you have sampled products already? Like maybe you have chefs that have tried your products and, or you have some sampling done and what has been the feedback? Yeah, so, so we did a lot of sampling and we have several chefs both in Israel and in the US working on the ingredient. And the feedback is really amazing because I feel like people are really surprised every time they taste it. First of all, it's a bit difficult for them to, to categorize what they are eating because at the end, um, it's kind of a, a hybrid between a fungi and a plant ingredient because it has both in the end product. And it, it also kind of tastes like it. You taste, you take a bite, and you said, mm, I'm eating a mushroom, I'm eating a lentil, I'm eating a chickpea. It's kind of difficult for you to determine. And people are like surprised for the first time they're eating it, but it's always a pleasant surprise. Like, like, like hmm, I don't really understand what I'm eating, but wow, it tastes good. And wow, it has a nice <laughs> texture. Yeah. Um, and also one other feedback that we are always receiving, they're saying like, it tastes like they're eating something natural and something that is really important because people expect when you tell them that you are making alternative protein, they expect this um, processed taste, the aftertaste, the off note of the isolated protein and the processing that it goes inside. And they are tasting a product and they say, wow, I really can taste that it's something that is completely natural. You grow on it, you're not producing it. So it's really important for us. It's a great feedback every time. That's, that's great. That's great. So uh, you have a very unique team. You have um, three scientists coming together to create a company. So I'm very curious to know what your plans are for research in terms of, do you, do you plan to have a lab to support this in terms of checking, um, asking specific questions, um, how um, the effects of your processes are on, on, um, on what are the byproducts one, what are, um, what, are, what are you adding more to the food? You know, just different questions that will come come up to your mind because you are more into this process and you are trained to think and ask questions. So I was just curious to see if there, there are plans for research um, as your company grows and what kind of um, things are you looking into? Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, we are, we are free scientists, as you said, and our minds are keep like going in a thousand different directions. Every time um, Daria or City always coming up with a new idea of how we can do like this and we can grow it sweet and we can grow it in molds and we can grow it with different functions. It's like, it's endless. The versatility that is uh, the fermentation process is really an endless and the number of application that we can use, you know, we are growing this raw material 
which is a fresh raw material with 60% water content. And then we can dry it and then we can powder it. And then we can, I mean, we can do a thousand thing with it. And so like our R&D pipeline is this long. We can work for 10 more years and, and we still have more to research on that. But uh, then again, since we are a company which needs to bring revenue and profit, we are also very focused. So we are focused on right now and then there is later and later and later. And I feel like um, in general, this space of the fungi, it's kind of been a space ignored in recent uh, history because we really focused on animal-based product and plant-based product and fungi has been completely overlooked and it's a unique kingdom in the tree of life. So we are extremely excited about the possibility. Okay. So there's really an endless opportunities when it comes to fungi. Right, I, I, can, I can imagine that. So tell me a bit about your, um, the fungi you use, do you, do you um, produce them yourself? Do you, how do you um, go about getting them? And also how do you maintain, um, maintain the integrity of, of the um, products? I mean, the, the, the mycelium that you bring in to ensure that there are no contaminations and things like that. Yeah, so um, the, the original fungi that we are working with are strange that um, we buy from uh, official banks. Uh, it's called fungi banks. They, they are keeping all of the fungi strains uh, recorded. And then you just uh, buy it from them. And once uh, we got it, we are, sequen <laughs> we are doing the, the sequencing, the genetic sequencing of the organism, just to make sure, compare it to the literature, see that everything is completely the same. Because we are really, uh, it's important for us to work with strange with strains of fungi that have a history of human consumption. Mm -hmm. It's really important to us in the regulatory aspect. So we are sequencing them. We are seeing it is the same organism exactly, that it has no genes for a mycotoxicity or any kind of toxin, that it's completely safe. And then we are keeping it in our own lab. And just um, like it, just like if I give you a seed of a cucumber and then you can continue to create more and more cucumber bushes, then the same for us, we just keep multiplying the fungi in our own labs. And we have really strict uh, safety protocols. Um, every time, um, once in a while, we are sequencing it again. We are doing analysis to see that it's still exactly the same fungi strain, that nothing new was added. Um, we can really identify it by color and by smell that we know that there was no contamination. And also our fungi is quite aggressive. So once it takes a hold of the um, substrate it was placed on, it does not allow anything else to, um, wow. to grow there. You now it's a really interesting just anecdote because many companies are doing heat treatment to extend shelf life. And if we are doing heat treatment and killing the fungi, we are reducing shelf life because once the fungi is dead, actually there's more contamination than when, when it's alive, no contamination. It's kind of like the king of the house, nothing gets in. Okay. That's, that's good to know. And because I, um, when, when you deal with other organisms, it's always um, checks and balances. It's always very crucial. I like the fact that not only do you check the sequencing, uh, not only do you check the sequences when you, obtain them, you also check along the way, just in case um, there's, um, there's been changes during the during storage as well. Um, so do you at any point maybe use um, 
UV or heat or anything during the production. No, not not in maintaining or keeping your your fungi at this point, but I'm thinking downstream of your production process after the fermentation. And do you do you use um, any form of um, heat or ultra radio or, or or some form of radiation? No, 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 not at all. Okay, okay. So no. what is your finished product going to be like? Is it like a burger? Is it like um, a sausage roll? What is, what is the finished product going to look like? So we can either grow it just in big trays and the fungi, it grows to this, um, the shape of uh, the vessel you will grow it inside. Um, you know, it will take the shape of the vessel. So we can either grow it in this big tray and then you will get kind of like this huge square. Or you can also, we can grow it already in molds. So it comes out looking like a little burger or a cutlet or a sausage, um, which is like, you know, it's an end product, but only two ingredients and it was grown like this. So it really is amazing. Okay, that's great. So the most of the changes um, happen during the cooking. So people that people can now spice it the way they want, they can do whatever you don't, Tap, you don't tamper with that at all. You just give them the product, they finish it the way they want it, right? So yeah, our business model is B2B. So we want oh. to sell, we want to create this raw ingredients, you know, super healthy protein rich raw ingredients, sell it onwards to restaurant, catering, food services, food companies, and have them create the end application, sell it onwards to consumer. Um, you know, we basically chose this uh, business avenue because it's really how we see that we can get like the most consumers to eat our material and have like the biggest impact. It makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And actually that was my next question that are you directly, are you selling directly to consumers or are you selling to uh, businesses? So tell me a bit about what you, uh, the impact you envision at your company to create in the innovation space. Wait, just one second, Tuna, can you stop? Um, can you repeat the question? Uh, sure. Yeah, so I was just wondering if you could share with us uh, the future you envision um, to create with uh, what future do you envision and what impacts do you see your company creating in the food industry? So I definitely, I feel like, you know, the food industry is going for an amazing transformation right now. And it's really an exciting place to be in. Um, I, I feel like my, our children are going to eat different food than what we are eating right now and what we ate as children. And um, this move from an animal-based diet to plant-based, fungi-based diet, I, I really strongly believe that it's just going to increase in the future. And I, I really believe that, you know, we are now seeing the first wave in the plant-based food. And as I said, a lot of it is this uh, really processed, not so healthy food. And I feel like our company has a part in bringing the next wave, which would be like the plant-based 2.0, which is really uh, giving people a healthy and natural alternative to eat every day, to feed their kids, also an affordable alternative, because right now, most of the plant-based food is the premium. Um, so we really uh, see our company and our raw ingredient as something that can help 
shift people to eating healthier from themselves and for their planet. And this is like the vision of our company and what is we are really um, excited about. That's that's great. That's really good. Also, what, what do you expect? Um, what do you expect to be producing in the next five years? What do you expect? What should we expect from your company in the next five years? So since we are a B2B company, it really depends on the business partnership that we will make. But, uh, you know, right now, uh, working with the um, collaboration that we have already starting with and also doing our internal uh, R&D processes, it's really, as I said, like really diverse. You can see from us um, both just uh, all kind of this meat alternative, just this product that you can eat as the center of the plate or as the protein uh, ingredient in your uh, lunch or dinner. Uh, you can also get from us the, the sausages for the breakfast and um, dried crispy snacks or um, gluten-free uh, protein-rich flours that you can use for baking um, or also these dry um, pieces of protein-rich fungi that you can restore in hot water and just eat, you know, as a kind of a noodle cup. I see like a really a lot of options that will be coming out uh, from our company. Um, and I really see us everywhere, like in, in almost all of the categories. That's great. That's really great. And that's huge too, because um, you've mentioned snack, you've mentioned breakfast, you've mentioned a, a very, very broad range. That's exciting. And, um, you know, when I think about the food industry, of course, many things come to mind, but one of the key things I believe uh, is that each of us are driving change. We're driving and shaping the future we want to see. The innovation you bring to the marketplace, the innovation I bring to the marketplace, and the other person brings to the marketplace, we're all shaping uh, the future of the food industry. And like you rightly said, the, kind, the type of meat uh, our children and the next generation would um, know as needs to be very different from the one we had growing up and the one we, we used to. So it's, um, it's great to see the different innovations and the uh, brilliant minds bringing them to the market as well. So before we wrap up, um, I want to ask you if you think, uh, if people think about your company uh, today, what would you like them to think about? What would you like them to what, what, what would you like to come to mind every single time people think about your company? I feel like really summing it up is just unprocessed, healthy, affordable food. Mm, <laughs> you know, just it. it's uh, yeah, natural, natural food. Yeah. Right. That's great. That's really great. And when you, what, what do you envision as a whole? Not, not just in the sustainability space now, uh, not, uh, not in the industry that you are innovating in, but generally in the food industry, what would you like to see in the next few years? What would you like, how would you like to see us evolve uh, in the next few years? Um, I feel like the next uh, few years, um, as I said, I, I feel like great things will happen in the food industry and in the food tech uh, sector. Um, what I would really like to see is that the innovation will kind of like tickle down from uh, where it is now, which is mostly based in the startups, 
and it's starting to move to the big food companies, but I would like to see more of that, okay. more of the big, you know, the ancient food companies starting to realize that they must change. And it is happening, but I would like to see more of that. And then bringing it even more down uh, to the governments, you know, to the food uh, regulations, to the FDA, to the EFSA, and having them really embrace innovation and work their best to also enable us to bring this innovation to the market. So that would be like, wow, it would be amazing. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. Do, do you plan to come to the US at some point? I know you're based in Israel, but I was wondering if you have plans in the pipeline to come to the US. Yeah, definitely. We are planning to start selling in Israel in 2022 okay. and then in the US in 2023. That's great. That's really great. Thank you yeah. so much, um, Jasmine, for connecting today, connecting with me and sharing your story and, your, and, and what you're working on with our audience. It's really exciting uh, to see the different innovation coming into the marketplace and coming into the food industry and, and how people are ensuring, they're working to ensure that we have food to support our growing populations in years to come. And um, for everyone listening, Thank you so much for connecting with us today. To read more about uh, Kinokotech, please check the show notes for a link to their website and uh, their social media pages. Until the next time when I bring an exceptional guest your way, stay safe and be blessed. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you. <laughs> All done well. Thank you for joining us for another session of Food and Health Talks. We invite you to subscribe to this channel, share this with your friends and colleagues, and don't forget to leave a review for us. Together, we are joining hands to shape a healthier future of food.